Guys, welcome to the Camera Therapy Podcast. Today, or I'm Damien. I'm Alain. Today. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about marketing in general. Of course, I said marketing on Instagram, but we're going to be touching on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. I hate TikTok, but we got to talk about it. It is the future, so let's get right into it. I'm not a weird person that likes the black juices. I wonder why. I don't know. I like the taste of black licorice. Oh, I don't even know what that is. It's like a, it's a lick, it's a liquor, but it tastes like black licorice. Are you talking about Kahlua? No, I'm actually not. Well, when I was at parties, like in high school, that was like my high school. <laughs> wow. Um, when I was out of high school, uh, like a year or two out of high school, I would drink Zambuca. And I'd be like, hey, anybody want some? And everyone would be like, no, that's disgusting. I've never even heard of Zambuca. It's good. I'm going to make you try it one time, actually. You might like it. Maybe we could uh, have some after our first season's done. Maybe. Celebration. In fact, you know what? I'll film a video one day, guys. I will get Aline to do a shot of Zambuca, and we'll see what his face looks like when it happens. Oh, boy. I, I actually can, can't even tell you if I'll like it or hate it, because I noticed that for me... I like sweet things, but I also like bitter things, so I don't know where I fall sometimes. Well, to give you some context, the liquor, um, like the liquor, the percentage of alcohol in it is like 40 or 45 percent, so it's pretty high. And I think you mean liqueur. This is turning into like an alcohol anonymous podcast instead of a camera podcast, so I'm going to switch, I'm going to switch gear. So you're someone who I think has a lot of natural experience with marketing, you, I don't, you, I, from what I know, you've never taken any classes on it, maybe until recently. Do you find that marketing for you has been more of like an intuitive thing that you just, you translated things you already know about how it works in the real world and gone to social media? Or is it something you've had to actually learn? It's definitely something that I've actually had to learn. Um, it's something I've had to learn just from trying to understand people and then also doing some courses to find the right approach to marketing. I think these days there's like a billion courses on create a sales funnel and, you know, get your customer to go through this funnel and you'll get sales. And it's like half of that is true. You kind of have to experiment to see what works and what doesn't. Certain things will work, certain things won't. And it's just been years of learning, but I have taken some courses, some training. If I give credit to what courses I took. Well, I know you like full-time filmmaker. Did they talk about it in there? I, You know what? I love full-time filmmaker. They kind of talk about it, but very briefly, and they didn't really give me a super detailed explanation on how to do it. Parker Wallback has other courses where he kind of talks about it, but it's for something entirely different. The one course I'll talk about that actually gave me a lot of information that really changed things for me was Kyle Goldie's Elevate course. It's not just about marketing, it's more about positioning your brand in a way where you're gonna attract clients and how to gain natural, tra like normal natural traffic rather than just paying for ads. To give you guys some context, if you type in my city name right now and you type in Ottawa Wedding Videographer, I am on page one. I'm on page one with a lot of people who are paying to be there. And the reason why I'm on page one is because I organically and I was strategically trying to create organic traffic to my website. So pretty much pretty much positioning your website in a way where it's going to rank very well with Google. So my marketing strategies is going to be a bit different in the sense that I'm not going to tell you have a marketing budget, 
put $500 into Facebook ads. Like these things do work, but the problem with Facebook and Instagram is the algorithm algorithms change up pretty quickly, pretty often. So it's like one thing that worked like three months ago may not work anymore. Another thing, it's really expensive. So I would look at it this way. You guys could spend $1,000 on a course and that sounds like a lot of money up front. But if you're gonna go and spend money on advertising, you're gonna spend a lot more than that in a year. So my advice to you is if you can find a decent course, maybe the one I just recommended, then I would definitely go for a course that kind of touches on that. Figure, understand, you need to understand marketing first. So I would definitely do a course regardless, but if you can find a good course that kind of puts you in the, good, the right headspace of marketing, then I would do that. There's probably a lot of other marketing. There's another one. I can't remember the guy's name, but I know it's a course about closing sales. I think I know what you're talking about, but for those listening, I do want to clarify for you guys that this episode is not really going to be about the courses relating to marketing, but the reason I wanted to bring it up in the beginning is to help you understand that there's a lot of different ways you can go about marketing things, and in this episode, we want to kind of go over briefly the different ways uh, we can market our services, both from Damien's side of the industry and myself, and your situation is going to be very unique and i obviously and damien can't guess or provide all of that information in this episode but you'll be able to understand all the different ways you can market and there are people who know things in a lot more detail than we can cover in this episode so take what you can from this episode to understand what is going to work for you see if you can find out what type of marketing is going to work for you do you need the paid ads do you need organic seos and see what you can do for yourself and learn. At least you'll know which direction to go and so you're wasting less time. Yes. And I'll just start off by saying, outside of courses, the one course I recommend to you guys, I would definitely check that out. I'll leave a link in the description and show notes. But my, my main approach, I used to pay for... I do wedding videography. I used to pay for like wedding wire or I do Facebook ads or Instagram ads. And to be honest with you, like if you don't know what you're doing when it comes to setting up the ads through Facebook or Instagram, then it's not to say you're not going to be successful, but your conversion rate is not going to be very good. You have to understand like when you're putting something out there, you have to be very intentional on what you're doing. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about ads, like the number one thing that you need to do with ads. And one thing he said was this, you know, if you're going to post like a video on Facebook or Instagram ads, don't make the video about what you're selling because that's not really going to keep people there. You want to sell people on, you want to make people feel something when they watch uh, your content. So my advice, he said this and I'll kind of rephrase it too. You want to essentially make a Facebook, make an ad that talks about something that you're doing. So essentially, okay, I'll give you an example because it's hard to explain. Uh, depending on your situation so let's put it into context for I'm a wedding videographer so I could easily just put out a wedding film like I could show you oh look at this wedding film I shot or you do music videos like oh look at this music video I shot and there's like nice shots there but people are not always just gonna buy into what you're selling they're also gonna buy into you you could put up a Facebook you could put up an ad if you're doing weddings you could put up an ad that talks about your philosophy on weddings. And I've been thinking about this lately a lot because I, I eventually when COVID's over, I want to start 
actually being very aggressive and actually do some actual marketing. I've already built my website up organically and now I know I have the right traffic. Now I just want more eyeballs on my work. So I'm gonna start advertising on Instagram and Facebook. So my approach is gonna be this. I'm going to essentially put out a video that's just gonna talk about my philosophy on weddings. I'm gonna say this. This is kind of what I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna say like, you know, I'm trying to speak to the bride. So try to speak to your audience, you know, who you're trying to move, who you're trying to make feel something. I'm gonna say something along the lines of, your wedding day is is going to come and go. And the only thing left, you'll ha the only thing you'll have left afterwards is your video and your photos. And then I'm gonna start talking about why I think a wedding video is essential for a bride to have. And that's gonna be the approach to my video. It's gonna be me talking with, you're gonna see me in the video so that they can see me. There needs to be some level of trust. So if you appear in your ad, they need to know who they're working with. People don't wanna buy from brands. They wanna buy from people. If people wanted to just buy from brands, they go to Walmart, they go to, you know, places where there's not that much of a personal touch to it. Right. And with brands that are also very high end and have decades of established name. Yeah, exactly. So I would try to figure out, like, how am I going to be different than these big brands, you know? And the way you can be different is just being personal and being real. So that's going to be my approach to wedding films. I don't know about music videos. I feel like music videos kind of speak for themselves because there's, it's so visual. Yeah, and I, I can talk about the that side of the industry a bit more. Um, you can you can play on the music. You can play with music videos on two levels. You can do it on the independent level where you're working with independent artists, people who are not signed yet. They're still trying to find their audience. If you're working within that niche, a lot of it is the most natural form of marketing which is just word of mouth where you're gonna do a great job for them hopefully if you're good at what you do uh you're gonna do a great job for them they're gonna enjoy your work they're gonna enjoy working with you they're both important you can't just be a genius at what you do and an asshole because personally speaking and i've noticed other people echo the same sentiment that i'd rather work with someone who's not that great but someone who I can actually work with and enjoy the experience. So you got to have both of those down for word, word of mouth marketing to work. But your work will speak for itself when it comes to things like music videos. And if you want to do it on the more commercial level where you're working with top 40 artists, that's a little bit different. It's a little bit more institutionalized. So that can be a good thing where the industry has shaped it. So there's a very clear-cut way for you to move forward. Being able to do that involves for you to have some level of skill and reputation, and then you will also be getting signed to an agency who gets you in touch with those people who are at the top of their game. So if you're trying to work on the commercial music video level, that's going to be some... You don't really need to worry about the marketing. You can. You can. I don't think it's ever wasted effort if you're putting some effort into your personal social media and separating yourself because the less you rely on something like an agency, like a middleman, the more control you'll have in your negotiations. If you're just any other director at an agency, you're just going to be someone who's fighting for the next music video that's being shot in the summer. And why would they pick you? So again, it comes down to marketing. Have your own personal brand with your social media. 
And that's something we'll get a bit more into later on in this episode. But just to clarify, music videos, you can do you can do a lot more with a lot less when it comes to marketing, but that does not mean you should not focus on your own marketing either. Forgot to say this, but if you're going to put ads out there, there's three things you need to focus on. You have your print, you have the actual content that you're posting. So it's either photos or video. In this case, we'll, let's talk about video. So you need to have an engaging video and please a video that gets to the point. <laughs> you have per, you have like five, five seconds uh, to catch your audience's attention. Do not put your logo in the first five seconds. Don't do something like that. Your logo could go other places on the ad. It does not need to go in your video. So you have your video, you have your print, and then the last thing you have is a call to action. If you mess up on any one of those things, your ad is not going to do well. What is a call to action? A call to action is essentially, what do you want them, what are you hoping that they're gonna do when they see your ad? And there's a couple of things that can happen. One, it could say, learn more, and then it takes them to your website. Or it could take them to, uh, Facebook has this feature built in where it could say like chat now or get a quote now and it will take them to their messenger page and then they can literally talk to you right there. And sometimes you could have it set up where it automatically asks them questions like when is your date? What is your budget? Stuff like that or what like it will, you could curate it to whatever you're trying to sell but it could ask them questions ahead of time so it expedites the process of you speaking to them and it pre-qualifies them so that by the time you hit that messenger box to see the conversation you already know like oh yeah i can work with them or this isn't gonna work and it kind of gives you a leg up on the competition because at the end of the day the person that is going to respond the quickest is probably going to get the sale so that's one way you could do facebook so if you have bad print um that's a problem because you don't want to say like if you're doing weddings you don't want to say taking bookings for 2020 and 2021 they know that that's a waste of space right there's like so many other things you can say in that print that's going to matter like for example what i said earlier when i was trying to sell you this concept i had of what i'm going to do to market my wedding film company some people don't like watching some people will come across your ad and maybe their sound is not on so if you kind of have a little bit of the text there, that could be a way that they can kind of follow along as well, or maybe it will entice them to turn on the sound. Just to recap, you have your call to action. Try to figure out where you want to take them. Is it your website? Is it, you know, the messenger box so you can chat with them? Is it your Instagram? It could be that too, or it could be like a YouTube channel, that kind of thing. Wherever you decide to take them, it needs to be very intentional on what you're hoping to get out of that whole, I guess, transaction of them clicking on your ad. Would you be able to go into a bit more, because this, what you just provided us was very useful on the top level, how to just structure ads in general, but it's also very important to know who to target when it comes to your ads, because you do have targeting options in a lot of these social media platforms when you're making your videos. And not just, I'm not even just talking about targeting in, t in the sense of Facebook ads where they actually ask you, who do you want this ad to be seen? I'm talking about just on every level, on a psychological aspect, how you're going to, you know, cater your ad to a specific niche. You don't want it to be appealing to just anybody. You want to kind of make it designed towards a certain audience or demographic. So at least in your case. I got you loud and clear. And I don't even need to apply this to what I do, I could apply this for everybody. I don't care what you do. Here, if you don't hear nothing I said in this 
40 minute episode, hear this. Not everybody is your client. Not everybody is your ideal client. You have to market your brand and the type of video to attract your specific clientele. Not everybody is your client. I repeated it three times because I really want you to hear that. If you walk into a room and you think you're just gonna work for everyone, like everyone's just gonna pay you, you're gonna be a master of none. At least that's how people are gonna look at it. Like this guy just does everything. If you just do everything, if you're not proficient in just one thing, to be honest, it kind of limits what you could be charging. If you're putting yourself out there, think about it like this. I always compare restaurants because it's just simple. Let's look at Five Guys. Five Guys, you walk to Five Guys, they pay, you have to pay about 20 bucks just to get a burger, fries, and a drink. If you go to McDonald's, you probably get that same style of meal for like half the price. McDonald's sells a lot of things. Five Guys has a very small menu and it's because they, the way they look at it, they're like, and their slogan was this. He's like, this is what we do. We do burgers and fries and we do it very well. They don't do advertising. They don't put themselves out there. It's just known that if you go to Five Guys, you're going to have some really good fries and some really good burgers. So try to be very proficient in one thing, master it. And that, that is how you're going to attract the right audience that you want. Because when people think of weddings or they think of music videos or they think of uh, corporate or real estate, they're going to think of that one guy who's like really good at it. And the people who, you know, have money, the people who are going to charge or pay more for something, they're going to want the best of the best. If they want the best of the best, they want the guy who specializes in it. They want the guy who is curated to that one thing. You're not going to hire a dentist to do brain surgery. You know what I mean? <laughs> that might be a dramatic comparison, but I'm just saying, you want to be a niche. There are so many videographers out there. There's so many people doing what you do. The only way you're going to make yourself stand out is if you niche your audience. You know, we're, our podcast is called the Camera Therapy Podcast. That could have went so many different ways. We could have been doing photo. We could be talking about how to fix your camera. Like we could be going anywhere and we're like in our slogan, you know, your daily check-in for everything filmmaking. And even then we're a little right, broad, yeah. but we still focus on. Yeah, we talked about our name a lot because we wanted the name to encapsulate a certain feeling because the specific words you use is going to help attract a very specific type of audience as well. At least that's the goal. It obviously isn't going to work on literally every single listener, but it's about really bringing that niche and reining it in to a certain demographic. It's not going to work 100% of the time, but it's going to work most of the time. So in your case for weddings, what would be your niche? My niche is weddings. So my market is brides. So if I'm going to go post an ad, guess what? I don't, I don't, you can, when you post an ad, you can kind of go through a process on Instagram and Facebook where you can pretty much niche it down to who you're trying to attract. So to give you an example for weddings, my audience is women between 20 to 35. Now you're probably thinking, oh, why don't you try and market to the men? If you're putting a budget, it's going to put it out to a certain amount of people. For me, I know that primarily when we're talking about weddings, the woman most of the time is planning all of it because that's just how it goes all the time. At the end of the day, I'm going to market my stuff to people I know are looking for me. So it's always going to be me. I solely market to women between the age of 20 to 35. 
that age range because that's normally when women are getting married um could be a little older but maybe a little bit older like to like 45 or 50 because sometimes moms are looking on instagram i just booked a wedding yesterday that it was the mom who found me so it happens so you have to think about something like that you need to find out where your audience likes to hang out and market there yeah so for like moms i would imagine they're not on instagram as much as they are on facebook the cool thing about facebook and instagram is that when you create a facebook ad it ends up uh the advertisement ends up going on facebook and instagram so yeah very true some people be like oh no one's on facebook yeah but moms are on facebook and then your brides they're definitely on instagram but then they're also on Pinterest. Pinterest is one I, I don't see people talk about, but you can market on Pinterest. And brides, usually when they're putting their wedding together, they're on Pinterest trying to find ideas and stuff, right? So that's definitely a place you can market on. I might market on Pinterest, just depending on what the price is. I'm not sure, but you can market on Pinterest. And I was going to mention this earlier, and I completely forgot. Outside of weddings, I would say when you are trying to make an ad, market um, a type of video rather than saying that you do video. It's obvious that you do video, but try to market a video. So for me, I'm going to market like the the style of video I told you earlier, and but within that video, I'm still going to have shots of weddings that i've shot so that you can kind of see that obviously that's what he does but i don't need to tell you that through my voice you can see it visually and that's another thing is like if you can show them visually what you do that's you're going to gain more of an audience because for the people that can't hear what you're saying they're outdoors they're on a train or a bus they can see what you do and be like oh this guy must shoot weddings or oh he must do music videos something to think about i'm trying to say certain things to you guys so that you kind of have this mindset when you're creating ads and you you'll kind of figure it out for yourself right because you'll you'll have certain things that sound like common sense they're not common sense when you go to place an ad and someone's gonna say oh google adwords what about that i don't re personally recommend it it's really really expensive and i have not had much uh, success off of google adwords and to give you some context i'm on page one of google right now and most of the people that are ahead of me are paying to be there man if you could just be there for free i would rather be there for free than be paying google adwords because i know it's not cheap so also there's definitely a group of people who sees the paid ads and they i know i'm one of them that's why i'm saying this i don't click on the paid links I'm like, I don't want, I'm not interested. If you're paying to be there, I I don't even want to hear from you. And maybe they're great. I'm not saying this is a, in any way a fair way to judge someone's business. Everyone's got to do what they got to do. But I'm the type of audience when I see a paid ad that's, it. whenever it says, oh, this is a top ad or a sponsored ad or whatever on Google, I don't click on it because my brain has automatically, I've trained myself to filter that out of my, my vision and I just look at the regular ones because I'm more interested in what's organically being popular. Definitely. And how to get yourself on like page one of Google. I obviously can't tell you exactly how to do that, but if I'm giving you guys some pro tips, backlinks. So backlinks are essentially, so you have your website and then maybe you're, you're on a podcast with someone else you know it and if they do like a blog or something and then they put your website link on their blog that's a backlink 
if your video is featured on some sort of publication or something like that, that's a backlink. So anytime like your website's mentioned, Google loves that. Another thing is how your website's designed. I cannot go into that in detail. The course that I mentioned earlier was literally the number one reason uh, why my website went from zero to 100 and that is Kyle Goldie's Elevate course. I would love to have him on this podcast one day because he is just his his way of thinking when it comes to this aspect of what I'm talking about is is very, very helpful. It helped me a lot. And uh, he's not super out there like I, I just feel like he should be and he's a photographer. But everything that I learned from him was definitely transferable to wedding videographers or even even people who aren't wedding videographers, to be honest with you. Um, he talks about how to position your website and how to make sure that people can find you. If people can find you, that's super important. Years ago, I had people tell me that, oh, they loved my work, but they couldn't find me. So I'm saying this because marketing your your brand, yourself, your website, all this organically, even before we talk about paid ads, it's very important that people are able to find you organically. If you can get people to find you that way, that is super important. Another way that you can make yourself easy to find is reviews. So every single time you know you do work for someone, make sure you get a review. It is it's kind of hard sometimes cuz you're essentially asking someone to go and write about you and people are kind of hard it's kind of hard to get people to do it sometimes. It's not that they don't want to, it's just some people aren't even that good at it so it feels like unnatural to them they don't want to say like they don't want to say so little and then make themselves sound stupid so then it takes them forever to do it but google really really likes when you have reviews like even when i was on page four of google a couple like months ago i was still technically on page one because you know if you search like best restaurant in toronto your name came up no what (laughs) (laughs) i'm joking uh, if you type in Ottawa wedding videographer, I still come up as number one in that little box, like with the locations, like the places that have locations. I still come up as number one because I have the most positive reviews. Google loves good testimonials. Um, so you get, you need to get testimonials and do not just put them on your website, put them on Google. That way you can get yourself in a position where even if they don't see you on pages, they can still see you. Uh, on that page where it has those preferred vendors that have a lot of good reviews. Yeah, that's huge. And I wish I could do that for my industry, honestly. Um, This is all very helpful for people who've got their own service industry, like whether that's video, photo, whatever you're doing in terms of person-to-person services um, or business-to-customer services, B2C. But with the filmmaking industry, it's different, but you just have to think a little bit outside the box because there are still reasons why you should be easy to find. Even if you're not someone who is, if you're say a cinematographer and you don't want to be working with customers face to face, there are still reasons why your work should be easy to find because if another filmmaker wants to collaborate with you, if an agency wants to bring you on board, there's still a lot to take away from properly placing yourself and using all of these same tips that we're talking about and making yourself easier to find online. Because the more people that know you, the more opportunities you have. That's just basic math. And on that point, you need to decide who you're trying to attract, even with by age and gender. You know, you have to ask yourself like, okay, my people, what do they look like? Or what are they interested in? 
and try to work around that and try to think about you have to think about all those little things and it almost sounds like oh i'm putting myself in a box to a certain degree you have to you know like i was talking to my brother and the one thing like i can't stand about the wedding industry is because i heard i heard a lot of educators they're just like what does your bride look like you know what does she look like what kind of things does she like and i'm like i can't put my bride in a box like that some of my brides are black some of them are white some of them are you know middle eastern some of the like they all look different and you'll notice uh, and you'll notice this a lot of a lot of time when i come across wedding videographers it's like there's there's a serious colorism problem in the wedding industry and it's not spoken about a lot i see it all the time i'm a wedding videographer i'm black i'm a person of color and i don't see a lot of people like me on top like i don't like i know people like me who are very good at what they do, but I don't see them in those circles. And I'm not even just talking about black people. I'm talking about people of color in general. You know, we're not in the wedding industry. I don't see us like, I know a lot of people who are amazing. We're not on those podcasts that everyone knows about. We're not up there. I'm sure we're out there, but when I talk about, when people talk about the best wedding videographers that are out there, none of them are people of color. I don't know any of them that are people of color. And so... Some people try to say like, you know, what does your bride look like? And I'm like, honestly, I don't care. (laughs) My brother and I, I, we talk about it all the time. I'm like, I don't care. It's not about what they look like. It's not about what kind of home they came from. I, most of my brides, honestly speaking, our, our walks of life are entirely different. Where I came from is entirely different from them. So I can't just align it to, oh, could we be friends? Like, there's certain things, like, yes, we could be friends, but it's not going to be solely based on, you know, some of the things that they talk about, because I'm I'm just a different person, and that's okay. And so, yeah, you need to decide who you're trying to attract with the age and gender. Try to decide, you know, what the common interest is and try to market to them that way. When you are running Facebook ads, there's something called, I don't remember the exact word, but it's like similar... Similar interests? It's something like that where you market to certain type of people and then you can go into your analytics and then you could market to people that kind of mirror the person you were already marketing to and it could be based on if somebody's interested in nike you know then you can see like okay you know what type of stuff do people who are interested in nike usually like and then you could look at other brands that people who like nike would like and you can market to those people as well. Facebook marketing is a powerful tool. You can use it to do well, but you need to understand how it works and you need to understand what you're doing when you go into it or else you're just going to really, really piss away money. So we talked a lot about so far about kind of the technicals of social media marketing, but I want to rein this in down to the more human aspects of it because I do believe they don't go away and they're just as important online. If not, maybe even more so because you don't have that human-to-human feeling. You've got a screen in between both people. I think it's... I need to highlight that social media needs to feel social. You can't take away that aspect of it. It's not a newspaper ad. Um, you're not reading a magazine. This is social media and you need to make it feel personal. You need to make it feel human. You need to understand if you've already got this on an intuitive level or you take a look at your interpersonal relationships in real life, you're going to start to notice some things that you can learn from and apply to social media as well. 
if you're having a conversation and you're asking good questions and the person you're talking to in person is really excited about the conversation, take a note of that. Remember what you said, what you did, how you're making people feel in real life, because these are these are all lessons you can transfer back into social media. A lot of people love talking about themselves, but you need to give them a reason to talk. You need to give them a reason to respond. And this goes the same for in-person as it does for social media. You can't make people feel like you're, you're the important thing to pay attention to because that's not really creating value. You're making people feel, in, when you do it that way, people aren't enticed to come and participate in your post. They may throw a like at you, but in the grand scheme of things, that's not high value currency in social media. You wanna get replies, you want to get shares. You want to get people really engaged in your content deeper than just the metrics. You want them to feel connected. And all of that comes back down to being good with your interpersonal skills. Now, I know this is something that some people are more natural at in real life, but that's where the pros of social media come in. You can learn all of these skills and still apply them, even if you're not someone who's very comfortable in social situations in person. You can learn all of these principles and apply them and practice them on social media and get the same results because you don't have to expend the same level of energy you do as someone who's highly social or extroverted. And I do want to dispel the myth that extroverted people are not automatically more social. In my opinion, a lot of my friends are more intro uh, introverted than I am, and I think they're the more how do I put this? They're, they're more in tune with what makes people tick. They know how to write, ask the right questions. They know how to get deeper. And they're not just there for the good vibes. They're there to get to know people better. They're listening. And they want to make people feel heard and connected. So if you're someone listening and you're more introverted, you're not out. You're probably going to get ahead of most people on the social media game because you already kind of inherently have the skills you just need to apply them to social media and i guess i can give you some actionables to put this into more um, practice um if you're putting out a post don't just like the comments coming your way that's not building a community you can obviously like a post every now and uh, like a comment on your post every now and then but try to reply to the comments there uh, if people are DMing you, really respond to them. Don't just double tap and then call it a day. Build a relationship online as well. All of the things that work in person are definitely transferable to your connection with people online. You can definitely build genuine relationships online. And now more than ever, you really need to nail that down and figure out how you're going to do it in your own way. But it's so important that the social media aspect feels social and not just like another marketing agency because I can almost guarantee most of the people here listening are not going to be from a big marketing agency or working for big brands like Nike or McDonald's. You need to make it personal. That was amazing. And one thing you said, and I wanted to hold on to this for the longest time because I didn't want to forget that what he was saying about the whole interacting and comments and liking and stuff like that that is super important because that helps your algorithm for people that don't know who you are um it helps people find you easier because if instagram sees that people are actually interacting with your content then your content will get favored 
So, and one thing I advise, this is kind of a little insider's tip. If you're going to, if you know you're going to post something and you want people to see it and you want that interaction and you want people to kind of be able to find you, you want the algorithm in your favor, before you post something, like literally 10 minutes before you post something, go on your, go down your Instagram feed and just comment on people's stuff. Like people's stuff, be genuine, write some words, you know, write some stuff, like interact with their stuff. Because if you do that and then the person sees you post something like 10 minutes later, one, they may feel more inclined to want to interact with you as well. They'll probably like your stuff. Um, and you just never know where that's going to lead, right? If they feel like you're supporting them and then they see you do something dope, they are probably going to want to support you as well. I missed a big one. And I said it at the beginning of the episode because I hate TikTok, but TikTok is the future. So I talked about Instagram and I talked about Facebook. I didn't talk about TikTok. I even talked about Pinterest. I didn't talk about TikTok. So TikTok is a platform that is new. And there's a lot of opportunity for people who are trying to get themselves out there trying to gain followers, traction, all that stuff. I listened to, I did a workshop and they were talking about marketing actually. And they were talking about how you should be marketing on TikTok. I remember after I did this workshop, I called you Aline and I was talking to you about this. Cause I was like, yeah. bro, I do, I really want to market on TikTok, but these guys made a good point. Um, John Bunn and Nick Miller from how to film weddings. They said, and this, like I said, this says this this can be applied to anything that you do other than weddings. They were saying that TikTok is where all the younger generation is right now. And so and they like this content that's short, quick, small attention span, that kind of thing. So if you're gonna market on TikTok, I have a few tips for you. One, put content that is vertical. You do not want to put something that's horizontal. So what I mean by that, and I think I mentioned this in an episode before, export your film in 9x16, not 16x9. So it's going to be longer than wider, essentially. Now, you're going to crop out a lot of your footage, but the problem is, is like if someone's trying to watch your content, whether they're outside or in, you know, a certain area where they don't, you know, they're going to want to see this stretched across the screen rather than it just be like this little box. So my advice to you is export your film or whatever whatever you're putting out there in 9x16. It will look a lot better and vertical videos are what's in right now when it comes to people just flipping through content. Another thing, if you're going to put something on there, be intentional about what you're trying to put there. Do not put like a minute long video. They're not going to watch that because that's not what that platform is for. Put something that you know is like 10 to like 30 seconds. So for example, if you're doing like a wedding, it could be a very short video of a first look or like a reaction from someone that you think is going to connect with a bride that would make her cry or make her feel like, oh, this person pays attention to these small details. Or it could be a tip for a bride uh, for her wedding day. Like when she's wedding planning, it shows that you're resourceful. And you know what you're talking about. And you have some sort of experience in that field. If you're doing something like music videos, maybe it's a quick little clip of, you know, you creating a certain lighting effect for the music video. So you could show like maybe 
five seconds of you creating the shot and then the next five seconds is like uh what came of it and then it could be like that for film as well it could be like you were just maybe you designed a film set or you had to do something to set up a shot like on a gimbal say you're like running backwards and you have like different things that have to come into play for this shot to be executed properly show the before show the after that kind of thing so there's many yeah yeah, yeah. sorry go ahead TikTok is all about the high it's like they really the stuff that does well on TikTok is all the stuff that captures your attention in a very specific way it's either got to be like those highly satisfying videos or you need to be delivering something that people don't usually see from your side of the industry but you've got to keep it short and you've got to keep it feeling good or looking good it's all about that um, high attention grab but you want to deliver on some sort of either emotional reaction or just a feel good that was really cool it's all about those quick hits yes and i said this i said this quote in the last episode and i'll say it again people may not remember what you uh the product that you made for them but they'll always remember how you made them feel so you have an opportunity here with a video or an ad to make them feel something. So try to think about what emotion you're trying to evoke from this video, how you want them to feel within like that 10 second time frame or 30 second time frame of the video they're going to watch. And that will kind of make you think a little differently when you're trying to put money behind ads. Be intentional. Think from a psychological standpoint, not just from like, oh yeah, I got pretty videos because... Yeah, you got pretty videos, but that's only going to do so much. I had one more point that I wanted to make because it's important. Um, it has to do with Instagram, but I'm pretty sure you could use this anywhere, to be honest. So there's something called Linktree or Beacons. It's essentially like a link where this person click. So you could have it in your bio on Instagram or you know where I put it instead of having my website link, I have where it's supposed to say website. I have this uh, beacons link. So you click on this link and when you click on this link, it has a couple buttons that they could press of what they want to do next in regards to uh, after they leave your Instagram page, it takes them to this little link tree. So there's like five options that they can choose from. So they can either go to your website, contact you for a quote, go to your YouTube, or you can create these little call to actions, like what you want them to do, or watch our newest highlight film and it takes them to a YouTube link or a Vimeo link of your latest film, like an actual film that you couldn't put on Instagram. So I highly recommend doing that rather than just having like a link just to your website give them the option to either go to your website or give them the option to just go see a film or just go get contact for pricing. Make it easy for them to find what they're looking for. If you just put your website link, they could bounce on your website, see the front page, get impatient, and they're out. But if like you have that in your link tree, that's one less step they have to take to get where they want to be. And it, you know, your website, your work, whatever, may be the best thing ever for the best price ever but if they can't if you can't get them from point a to point z in a in a certain time frame in a certain way they may never see your work they may never know you existed because your pipeline of them getting from point a to point z is broken or busted or not working properly and the last thing i'll say is 
like I was saying before, not everybody is your client. Market your brand and your type of video to attract your specific clientele. If you didn't hear nothing I said in this episode, just hear me when I say that. If you market to everybody, you market to nobody. And if you guys want to see an example of something that we're building from the ground up and finding a way to market it to a specific audience, you can check out our Instagram at the Camera Therapy Podcast and always hit us up with any questions or just show some love on our posts or you can send us a DM. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to hit us up on our Instagram at the Camera Therapy Podcast. We'll see you in the next one.